0: Greetings one and all. Welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. It's December 22nd. My name is David McAdam and we are making our way through the Old and New Testaments in the course of a year. And today we are continuing to read the second to the last book of the Old Testament, the book of the prophet Zechariah. And we are reading the last book of the New Testament, the Apostle John's account of the revelation of Jesus Christ that was given to him at the end of the first century on the island of Patmos. We're seeing similarities in these books, both authors receiving similar apocalyptic visions, although they are separated by nearly 600 years in time and are prophesying in different circumstances. This is because the visions are sourced by the one and the same Spirit, and ultimately the same work is in view. God's purpose for His chosen people will not be thwarted, even though the age of Gentile domination would persist for centuries." Zechariah predicts the coming of the Messiah, his being rejected by his people, and a remnant who would be granted repentance and participation in the kingdom and ultimate triumph of Christ. Zechariah chapter 12 is where we start today's Bible reading journey, and we will read through to the end of chapter 3. The Book of Zechariah, chapter 2. A Vision of a Man with a Measuring Line And I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width and what is its length. And behold, the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him, and said to him, Run, say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages without walls, because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. And I will be to her a wall of fire all around, declares the Lord and I will be the glory in her midst. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Behold, I will shake my hand over them, and they shall become plunder for those who served them. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Chapter 3 A Vision of Joshua the High Priest Then he showed me Joshua the High Priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan, THE LORD WHO HAS CHOSEN JERUSALEM REBUKE YOU. IS NOT THIS A BRAND PLUCKED FROM THE FIRE? NOW JOSHUA WAS STANDING BEFORE THE ANGEL, CLOTHED WITH FILTHY GARMENTS. AND THE ANGEL SAID TO THOSE WHO WERE STANDING BEFORE HIM, REMOVE THE FILTHY GARMENTS FROM HIM. AND TO HIM HE SAID, BEHOLD, I HAVE TAKEN YOUR INIQUITY AWAY FROM YOU, AND I WILL CLOTHE YOU WITH PURE VESTMENTS. AND I SAID, LET THEM PUT A CLEAN TURBAN ON HIS HEAD. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Behold, I will bring my servant the branch. For behold, on the stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, Every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament portion from the book of Zechariah. As is our custom, let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. Here we have Zechariah's third vision of eight, foretelling the history of Israel from the post-exilic period to the future consummation of its divine purpose. The first vision, in Zechariah chapter 1, verses 7 through 17, of the man dwelling among the shadows of the myrtle trees, represents the long history of Israel dwelling in the shadows during the age of the Gentiles. The second vision, recorded in Zechariah chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, describes the nations of this world, the four horns and then the smiths that God raises up against these nations that scattered his people. The third vision, in Zechariah chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, discloses the extraordinary mercy and favor shown to Israel. The city of Jerusalem is measured and marked for protection. The Lord promises to prosper the city to the degree that one day it will become a city without walls, for He will be a wall of fire around it, and be its glory within. Chapter 2, verse 5. The Lord assures His people that whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. In chapter 2, verse 8, the kingdom reign of Messiah is anticipated as He promises that He will live among them. In chapter 3, we are presented with Zechariah's fourth vision. Joshua, the high priest, is standing to perform his priestly function and being accused by Satan. The Lord describes Joshua as a burning stick snatched from the fire chapter 3 verse 2 the lord speaks to satan saying the lord rebuke you satan the lord who has chosen jerusalem rebuke you joshua the priest is pictured in filthy clothes as he stands representing his people before the angel of the lord the angel orders attendants to remove the filthy garments and then says to joshua see I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festal robes. Chapter 3, verse 4 So clean turban and rich clothes are put on Joshua while the angel of the Lord stands by. He is given this charge. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also have charge of my courts, and I will grant you free access among these who are standing here. In Zechariah chapter 3, verse 7. Then the angel of the Lord announces that Joshua and his associates seated with him are symbolic of things to come. It is a picture of those made right with God and are seated together with Christ. The angel promises to bring forth the one who is given the special title. God's servant the branch in chapter 3 verse 8 he is the only one who can cleanse his people from their sin and the Lord promises that he will do it in a single day chapter 3 verse 9 of course this prophecy makes us think of Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The Lord reiterates the promise of his coming kingdom of peace and prosperity for all his redeemed subjects. In that day declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and under his fig tree. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 10. Let's move on now to the New Testament reading, the book of Revelation chapter 13. The first beast. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns, and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven." Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Every one whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. THE SECOND BEAST Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed." and his number is 666. And this concludes our New Testament reading from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 13 is in the middle of the interlude between the sixth and seventh trumpets in chapters 12 and 14. In chapter 12, we were given a comprehensive view of the conflict between the forces of the Messiah and the adversary. We saw the war in heaven and its intensification in the period of the great tribulation now in chapter thirteen we have the fullest manifestation of the spirit of antichrist in the person of the antichrist the antichrist is pictured as a beast coming out of the sea he appears with all the signs and symbols of kingship satan the dragon cast down from the heavens infiltrates and possesses this man for his purpose. He appears to have supernatural powers to do wonders. One of the heads of the beast appeared to have a fatal wound, that it had been healed. He is counterfeiting the Christ with a pseudo-death and resurrection. Satan is drawing worshippers to himself by drawing the world to worship the beast. The Antichrist is given the power of persuasive yet blasphemous speech. He slanders God, his dwelling place, and believers, those who live in heaven. Revelation chapter 13, verse 6. He does this for forty-two months, that is, three and a half years. History has had more than its share of evil dictators, but this one will outdo them all. He is allowed to temporarily overwhelm the saints with persecution. Some will be martyred. These are those whom God has appointed to make war on the beast. Those whose names are not written in the book of life from all the nations of the world will bow down, submitting themselves to the satanic reign of this Antichrist ruler. John writes, He who has an ear, let him hear, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 9. This is another hint that the church will not be present for this great tribulation period. In every other instance, John is careful to write, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, verse 11, verse 17, verse 29, chapter 3, verse 6, verse 13, and verse 22. Those who are willing to listen are reminded that their obedience to God's word may lead to their captivity or martyrdom. Revelation chapter 13, verse 10. This period of trial calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. A second beast, that is the false prophet, is introduced in verse 11. He comes out of the earth and is a religious leader. He directs people to worship the Antichrist. They attempt to seduce men by false representations of Christ and the Holy Spirit. He looks like the lamb but speaks like the dragon. He is able to produce supernatural signs on behalf of the Antichrist and will set up his image which is able to speak. All who refuse to worship will be threatened with death. The Antichrist will only permit those who receive his mark, that is the mark of the beast, to buy or sell. This is a one-world government with one world economy. This is the end result of man's rule, totalitarian oppression. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. We know, however, that the Lord will destroy the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Our next stop is the book of Psalms, and reading Psalm 141 is
1: Peter Healy. Psalm 141. Give ear to my voice. A Psalm of David. O Lord, I call upon you, Hasten to me, give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you in the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds, in company with men who work iniquity let me not eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds. When their judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words, for they are pleasant, as when one plows and breaks up the earth. So shall our bones be scattered at the mouth of Shoal. But my eyes are toward you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenseless. Keep me from the trap that they have laid for me and from the snares of evil doers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely.
0: This psalm is a prayer for sanctification and protection. The psalmist asks God to protect him from himself. He asks the Lord to set a guard over his mouth, to direct his heart away from evil and his fellowship away from those who practice iniquity. We need the Lord to sanctify our speech, our thoughts, our affections, motives, actions, and relationships. The psalmist faces some difficult situations and people, but he dignifies the trial by asking the Lord to use these adversarial forces to sanctify him. He welcomes correction from righteous friends. In verse 5, he knows that he has enemies who would love to bring him down, so he asks the Lord to protect him. He asks that the enemy would be ensnared in his own traps. O Lord, deliver us from evil. Now for our final stop in our Bible reading excursion today we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30 verses 18 through 20. Three things are too wonderful for me, for I do not understand the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin. This is the way of an adulteress, she eats and wipes her mouth, and says, I have done no wrong. The eagle in the sky, the serpent on the rock, and the ship in the sea, leave no trace of where they have been, and their intended course cannot be discerned by the eye of the observer. They have ways and desires known only to themselves, such is the unpredictable way of a man with a maid." In the next proverb, we learn that the adulterous woman and man find ways to justify their transgressions, working carefully to erase any trace of guilt. Let's take what we have gleaned in the light of God's Word and go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, You have made us for Yourself, and we only have peace when we are in a right relationship with You, corresponding to You in fellowship. Let us hear what Your Spirit is saying, and obey when we hear, We fix our eyes on You, our Sovereign King. May we stand strong in the Lord, who has made peace through paying our sin debt in full on the cross. Give us discernment, so we do not fall prey to the deceitful schemes of the evil one. Teach us, by Your grace, to say no to ungodliness and the entrapments of Satan's world system. In Jesus' name, Amen. We do hope that these readings from the Scriptures are encouraging you As you are beholding in the vista given to us in the scriptures, the revelation of God's gracious plan of salvation. As I mentioned yesterday, the year is drawing to a close and you might consider supporting the ministry of the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast with a year-end gift. We earnestly hope that this is bringing encouragement to you and that you are consistently reading through the scriptures and thinking upon them. The One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast is a ministry of New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts. And if you would like to support this work, you can send a charitable donation to New Life Community Church, 221 Baker Avenue, Concord, Massachusetts, 01742. Or you can go to our website, newlife.org. You can also subscribe there to a daily written transcript of the commentary portion of the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. And if you would like to get in contact with us, you can always write to us at podcast at newlife.org. And we'd love to hear your questions, comments, and prayer requests. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Shalom.